My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Elena. And this is the Reclamation Podcast Episode Recap. Welcome to the episode 13. That's right. Yeah, episode 13 recap with Elena from 3B. Howdy ho. What? <laughs> All right. Any, anyhow, so we just finished our second episode with Christina. Mm-hmm. Right? And she mm-hmm. touched on some, I thought, pretty important topics. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This episode was really good uh, for me because everything that was discussed were literally all the reasons why I decided to leave. Okay. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You finally left the church after all the shenanigans, mm-hmm. after all mm-hmm. the weirdos, after all the scholastic book fairs, mm-hmm. after all of that. Right. You decided to leave. Yeah. And it was just a culmination of a lot of different things. Walk us through that. Okay. Well, I, you know, four points. Oh, boy. I've got four points. Hold on a second. I see you have your notes there. I do have my notes. See? Let me ask you another question. You're going to hear me rattling. Do you have my $3? Because nobody (sighs) knew who Dr. Alden, Reverend Alden was. So, therefore. I can get it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But go ahead. All right. So, four points. Micromanaging, guilt, moving the goalpost, and the letter. So all four of those things were factors in you leaving? Yes. Yes. So Christina had mentioned that the leadership was there was a disconnection with the leadership. She said that at one hand it was you know she it was she felt supported and understood but that was by the friends and the members the congregation that you know she held dearly. But on the other hand you know, she it was the disconnect with how some leaders can be so oblivious and um, kind of like didn't really see her, you know, for who she was. And case in point, she was talking about how um, the leaders are t- saying how she had to go shopping, that she can look, you know, presentable or look more or, or, or what's the word she look used? sharper, look, look yeah, like to them. look approachable, you know, look like them. and it's like, you know, she's like, if you knew me, you know that I don't like that at all. But they would do certain things like that. Or just when you try to talk to them, you just share. I mean, they didn't really get into your life. You know, they would just literally, as soon as you open your mouth, I, it was like, it's like Family Feud. You know, family if you feud. watch Family Feud, you know, Steve Harvey is, is the host. Sometimes when he'll start to ask a question and before he finishes the question, someone will ring the bell. So it'll be something like, you know... Tell me about the, t- you know, you try to talk to them, right? And you're like, well, last night I felt ding, 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 Galatians 5.15, you know, something like that. Galatians, you know, 5.16. I was like, well, I didn't even tell you how I felt. Like, how, how? you know, but they just had these pet answers, you know, like, just quick, here's a scripture. I'm like, are you, is it, you just didn't feel like you were heard. Understood. Like, you're, they're ready, you know, ready with the scripture, but then so- not really understanding who you are or just who are trying to guide you in your personal life so now let's let's talk about you leaving then let's get some Mm -hmm, some concrete mm -hmm. examples so how did did that happen okay so going back to number one micromanaging so there was a culture of they they managed how you dressed like so you had to look again we talked about sharpness you had to look a certain way dress a certain way to be deemed you know presentable or or be someone that we can use to attract or to be useful in the kingdom 
um, then micromanages how micromanaged how you, you know, like your hair, like just how you would look. And th- this reminded me of something. <sighs> there was a leader. It was a woman's ministry leader. And she was talking to a bunch of women. I don't, it might've been at a woman's day. Now, women's day is when we had a big, huge. Yeah, women's day. You know, I guess it would be like at the Javits Center or something like that. No, it was at Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Whoa. You didn't know that? Just for women. Hold on a second. Listen, listen, listen. New York City. New York City. (laughs) Disciples from New York City. I'm talking to you now. Yo, the women's day events at Madison Square Garden would be a service for just women just women and you guys would pack that place out yeah yeah and on those sundays when the women were not around your church was whack (laughs) whack you think i'm trying to hang out with smelly over here nah (laughs) so a bunch of brothers would volunteer to usher to be ushers at women's day and you bet your by golly wow i was definitely ushering at women's day You think, you, think, you think I'm trying to be with the fellas? Make it the hell out of here, man. Let me go see what these ladies are doing. So that's what we would do. So anyway, that's Women's Day. So this one women's ministry leader said something. She was like, you know, women, when married women especially, when you're, you know, when you go to bed, don't wear a do-rag because you need to be attractive to your husband at all times. And I was like, I I heard that and I was like so taken aback. Like I wasn't married, I wasn't dating, but I was like, what are you even saying? But like, isn't that the same advice women are getting given in the the quote unquote world? Like you gotta look good at all times or else your man is gonna leave you. So I was like, Well, so you're giving us the same advice here? So that means I thought we came here to come, you know, to move away from that kind of worldly viewpoint. So I just said, well, I, I was so confused. Like, what are we even saying? Like, that really threw me off. So then in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, when I find someone, I got to make sure I look good all the time because, you know, he's going to leave me if I don't, Christian or not. <laughs> he's going to leave you if you wear a do-rag to bed? Yeah. So I, I, that just confused me. So I was like, wow, so it's micromanaging, like, my lifestyle or the trajectory. Like, okay, I have to keep that in mind because even if he's a Christian, he might, you know, leave. Like, it was just strange. But I just said, this is very strange. That you were going to micromanage that bit, you know, don't go to bed with a bonnet on your head or something like this was so strange. Okay. But um, then they also micromanage your communication, you know, how you said things or what you said. Like you couldn't share anything that deemed that sounded negative. Like if you were sad or insecure or scared, it, you'll get the vibe of don't say that. Here's a scripture or don't feel that. Here's a scripture. So you just couldn't you just kind of felt trapped. Mm-hmm. You felt trapped and you couldn't really express yourself the way you wanted to, or, you know, you couldn't come out. You're you, your personal self. So that was a big thing. That was the micromanaging. Okay. Um, And then cousin Eddie said something, you know, his comment to, to Christina was that Christina was talking about how when she was studying the Bible people or people that were, were Christians f- had fallen away. You know, the advice was you cannot talk to them. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, at first she went along, but at, then she was like, no, I'm going to talk these people, my friends, I care about them. I'm going to keep up with them. I'm going to keep in communication. But um, 
you know, she was afraid that if 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 I did follow through and communicate with them, then I might be asked to leave or be said that you, you can't live this kind of lifestyle. And then Cousin Eddie's mentioned that that's a heavy thing to hang over someone's head or that's a really manipulative thing to ha- hang over someone's head. Mm-hmm. You know, the, to play with these these friendships that we held so dear. And I'm like, that's right. Because something that just grew and grew and grew uh, in my heart throughout the you know my time in the church was that the church always did a lot of things to make you feel guilty. And I remember, like, if I read the scriptures carefully, I don't ever remember Jesus giving everyone a, bil- a guilt trip. You know, Unless you he, were one of the religious leaders that he was talking to. But even still, again, maybe my, my memory's not that good. He always said something to the effect of, now go off and sin no more. And that's that. Cut and dry. Stay near this life or sin no more. But it's not like, well, if you really want to get in good with a big guy up there, you know, you'd really kind of... I never got that sense every time I read the scriptures. It was cut and dry, sin no more, and that's that. It wasn't like, you know, holding anything over them or making you feel bad if you did fall back or whatever, like fall back. There was, I just, I'm like, this is not biblical. I just kept thinking in my head, this is not biblical. Why do I feel guilty all the time? Like that's, that should not be. So now let's get to... You and why you moved away. Okay. I'm I'm building on that. You're building. I am. Excuse me. So with feeling stuck and trapped, being micromanaged, you know, every every aspect of your life, feeling guilty all the time. Then it was, and I mentioned it before, you actually, you had the term moving the goalpost, right? (laughs) I mean, it's not my term, but if you want to credit me with that, (laughs) I'm not going to argue. You know what I mean? So it was the the sense of, well, if I followed these steps, right, and that will make me be recognized, I could be raised up as a, as a leader or something, you'll do these certain things. If I brought in this amount of, amount of people, then then I'll then I'll be doing good. I'll be I can raise the ranks or I can just be good. And it just never was felt good enough. I, you do all these things, you bring X amount of people, maybe baptize, you know, a couple. Then it's like, oh, well, but if you can do this, or the scripture said, you know, we've got multiple, like it was just more and more and more, never a- a- achievable, never attainable. I just felt like, again, I mentioned a hamster in a hamster wheel, just running, 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 getting nowhere, exhausted and tired. Mm-hmm. So that's why I felt like I'm done. I'm I'm tired. And the last thing is when the letter finally came out, the Henry Crete letter, mm-hmm. I think it was like 13 or so pages. I don't know how many pages it was. I think I read about six. It was a dissertation. It was it was a long, long letter, but I read some of it. But what I read was it just it it it, it gave me the sense of I'm not crazy. All those red flags that I kind of ignore ignored. Maybe it was me being prideful. Maybe it was me being, I don't know. But it was like, no. So these things were legitimately legitimately happening. And it was allowed. It was going on. It was swept under the, 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 the rug. It was around the world. It was around the world. It was global. And I'm like, it just gave me what I needed to be like, you know what? It's done. I'm done. Like you had a good run and you you fought the good fight. And now it is is done. Now you can walk away. Because it's like, it's it's for what? And it just made me realize, wait, 
I don't, in all my years, with nine, ten years, I don't think I ever saw a leader bring a visitor. Maybe once. Mm. Ever. Like, I'm talking <laughs> major leaders. I don't ever think I saw them one time. They sat in the front. Mm-hmm. They sent, they set their serve, you know, they, they made their sermons, but they were by themselves all the time, but yet preaching and, and the, 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 the message down the line, down the hierarchy, we had to do all this work and put in all this work. And I never saw them grow in number. I never saw them bring anybody. I'm like, what am I doing this for? Like, this is, I have to achieve to be like you, like, where is that? Where am I going? Where is this going? So ultimately, I just felt like, you know what? I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know if you know what he's He's trying to tell me because all I'm doing is doing what you want me to do. And I'm tired and I'm done. Like, I don't even know what God wants from me. And I'm going to leave so I can figure out what God wants from me how or many, to even try many, to hear him. How many years did you spend with the organization? About a good nine or 10 years. Nine or 10 years. And I just was like, I, I'm tired. Like I just felt spiritually, emotionally, physically tired. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm gonna step away because I don't even know what God wants from me. So when you left, what did you? What was next for you? <sighs> just breathing. <laughs> <laughs> just breathing. Like what? breathing. Like just like like doing like. There was always a sense of fear that if you stepped away of the church, like the world, like the floor is gonna open up. And you were going to fall in it. Like, I just, I literally felt this way. I really thought that it was going to open up and just bad things left and right. Like the cartoons, Tom and Jerry, like anvils were going to fall from the sky. Just like random, terrible <laughs> things were going to happen to me. You thought you were going to become Wiley Coyote? Yeah, you know, all those wacky things. And, I, and then I realized, <laughs> no, none of those things happen. I can still make friendships and I can still, like, I, the power of, of, um, personal choice you you said you just breathed do you mean like like decompress that yeah that too like i can get up on a sunday and like not feel pressure just enjoy the sunlight that's coming through my window listen to the birds chirping like without a rush and like just little random things like that like just there's no pressure this is life there's living there's a lot of living and things are wonderful. You know, like, just open my eyes to see things and to experience the world in a different way. Not that I'm, you know, again, I'm not, was trying to th- think of evil things to do. No. But just, like, try to figure out me. Figure out my place in the world. You know, so just a lot of little everyday things that I wasn't allowed to think of, or think about, or explore. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I want the audience to also know that when you left, um, we 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 weren't together. That's right. We we didn't leave together, even though we're married now. We met in the church, but we didn't we didn't date in the church or anything like that, right? It was you mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. left on on your own accord, and I left on my own accord. I believe I left a year after you, mm. and then we 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 reconnected. Um, you know, somehow, some way. That's another story. We need mm. to get into all that. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. We, <laughs> we ain't, we ain't you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. But so, how did you begin to pick up the pieces? Well, I ju- I think one of the major things that I did was um when I graduated from NYU, 
You know, there was just so much, you know, there's so much going on personally. So you graduated after leaving the church? No. I graduated before leaving the church. Yeah. But that was just a big step. You know, I got this degree. I was very shaky about if I even wanted to pursue that that field. So just professionally and kind of like I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I enrolled to an, in another school just to see that was something totally different. I just wanted to explore different sides of myself. Yeah. Just, so while that was going on, it was just a lot to try to figure out my personal life and then figure out what the church wanted me to do. So do you think that do you think that you leaving the church, would you would you categorize that as a good decision on your part? I think so, yes. Why? Because then I can begin to to learn about myself and, and grow myself, you know, expand my mind, explore other options, you know. So I think yes, because my, my mind revolved around anything church-related and yeah. what they wanted to do. So it was like a held captive and there wasn't any growth yeah. personally at all. And so, yeah, so leaving the church was very good for me. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, I'm glad I'm glad you found yourself. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. I'm glad. No, I'm glad you were able to make that decision for yourself. Yeah. So you you've had you've had quite the journey. Yes, I have. You've had quite the journey. And um, and I think all of us have. Mm hmm. Right. All of us former members. Every single one. Every single one. Every single one. And. And and I think this is for all of us. It is. All of us that have experienced this, all of us that have gone through this, all of us that have seen somebody go through this mm -hmm. over the years, whether it's whether it happened in nineteen eighty five or two thousand and five or two thousand twenty two. So many different people have gone through this, man. So so this this uh, this podcast and these episodes, man. This is for everybody, you know. Yes. This is uh this is <laughs> this is representing for all the gangsters all across the world. <laughs> That's my jam. Anyhow, so Elena, thank you so much again for your thoughts. I mean, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for being honest with us and 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 giving us uh, your take. Mm -hmm. I have never heard anybody though equate the church. With an episode of Family Feud. <laughs> we will see you next time. See you.